All right. Wordle. I'm a big fan of the Wordle. There's also a thing called Global, where you get a new country each day, and you get to pick the country, and it says hot or cold, G-L-O-B-L-E. Uh, that's a good one also. Well, words with friends, all right. We got words for friends. Got a bunch of word nerds around here. I like it. All right, so this week, I'm thinking about some big events in people's lives. Okay, big events in people's lives. There's birthdays, right? That's big. Uh, there's actually the day you're born. That's big, but you're not really present for that in a sense, right? You don't really know what's going on at that age. Um, there are weddings. That's big. There's, there's a lot of weddings coming up, and it's wedding season. And, uh, and then there's funerals. Funerals. I, I was part of a memorial service uh, two weekends ago. Um, my daughter went to one this past weekend. Domingo led a memorial service on Friday. Um, these are big events. I'm going to focus on those two, weddings and funerals. Those two events reveal something very clearly when you go to these. They reveal something very clearly. One, your relationship with others. Your relationship with others, the quality of your relationships and friendships with others. Because, uh, you know, when you get married, it's nice to have people there. And then you have to think about, well, who's my best man? And, and those sorts of things. If you've been a person who uh, has learned along the way to love others, uh, that's a great way to build friends. And you get to see the fruit of that uh, at a wedding. Um, at a funeral, you know, it's, it's similar. But the big thing there is the quality of your relationship with God. I've done memorials where I know that person is bound for the promised land. The people who have strong confidence that that person is with God. And I've been to memorial services where that is not the case. And it's a different, it's a different thing. Two things, love for God, love for others. Those are the two big ones that God has come in Jesus to help you set right. God has come in Jesus to set your relationship right with God so that when that day comes, and nobody knows when that day is, you'll be ready. And God, in his great love, demonstrates for you and me what true love is actually about. It's about loving self-sacrifice. It's about giving to others. It's about extending yourself to others. And when you become a person who starts to do that in your life, you will come into good, meaningful, loving relationships. That's what God wants to do in your life. That's, that's why he calls us. Calls us out of separation from God, separation from others, into good, tight relationship with God and others. Last Sunday, uh, Wes and Ann did a fantastic job. Woo! I love that. And they talked about disruptive discipleship around this uh, event, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Uh, kind of a big deal, right? Lazarus was in the tomb for four days. He was dead, dead. And Jesus, the resurrection and the life, the word of God in the flesh, said, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus came alive. This was the big sign. If you follow John along as his account of Jesus' teaching and actions, this is the, the, grand, the, the grand sign at the end of seven signs. It's the big one. 
It's something that only God can do. It's a sign, meaning it's pointing to something. It's pointing to Jesus' identity, who he is, who he is. And people saw it, and they spread word about it. So that was the big sign. That leads us now at this stage in the story to the final, the final stage of Jesus' earthly life and ministry during that first coming. First coming, we're in the church age now, second coming still to come. During that first coming, we're in this final week, basically. And it's uh, built around this Passover festival, sometimes called the Festival of Unleavened Bread. It's seven days long, and uh, that's when Jesus had the Last Supper. Uh, that's the night that he went on to be arrested, tried, and crucified. And then leading up to the big thing that changes all things, Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Sin and death are destroyed. So that's where we're headed. But today we're going to look at the events just a few days before that Passover festival began. We're going to pick it up in John 11. John 11. Just picture what's going on here. John 11, verse 55. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up from the country around Jerusalem, the surrounding region, went up from the country to Jerusalem for their ceremonial cleansing before the, fast, the Passover. Passover, one of the big three festivals uh, in the Jewish calendar, and uh, people from all over the region would come to Jerusalem. Okay, I'm going to, uh, what they would do on, this, on their journey when they get to Jerusalem, one of the first things they would do in order to be able to participate in the events going on at the temple. Remember, the temple is the place where heaven and earth met. Right? That, that was the location that God set apart uh, to meet with his people. All right? Now, when you got there, one of the things you'd have to do is take a bath, a, a special kind of bath, a ritual bath, a spiritual cleansing to prepare yourself so that you could come into the presence of God in that temple court. So they had, and I'll show you some pictures of this, they had, uh, here, they had these mikvah all over the temple area. They've unearthed about 50 of these. So there's a lot because there's a lot of people in Jerusalem at the time. All right, it's a pool. You step down, and these are, you know, it's filled with water, and you step down, you'd cleanse yourself, you'd immerse yourself, and then you'd come out. And um, look at the next one. These are actually in a town called Magdala, uh, and, but they're the same sort of thing that you would see around the temple. Um, go ahead, next slide. Okay, this is the, the temple mount today, and uh, you can see uh, the temple's gone. It was destroyed in 70 AD, but the temple mount is still there. And on the left side, uh, you can see these, uh, maybe if you can see them, uh, there's some rem remnants, some, some kind of holy out areas, and that's where these mikvot were located all around the, the southern side, which is our left, and on the top there. All right, so that's what we're talking about. Now let's go to the next slide. This is what it looked like in the first century when Jesus was there. Uh, there's the temple standing. This is an illustration. And uh, we're talking about events on the left side there on the southern side. All right, just want to give you a picture of what's going on there. So they're coming up to Jerusalem, being washed so they can participate in the festival, so they could draw close to God at this temple. Now, during this time, verse 56, they, the people, kept looking for Jesus. So Jesus has been preaching and teaching all over Israel for about three and a half years at this point. 
And as they stood in the temple courts, they asked one another, what do you think? Isn't he coming to the festival at all? They're looking for a guy. The guy is, is famous, man. He's been healing people. He's been proclaiming the kingdom of God. People are recognizing, starting to realize, man, this is the one. This is the Messiah. And he's, you know, he's creating all sorts of opposition. Uh, he is the man of the moment. So they're excited. People are excited. Uh, but the chief priests and the Pharisees, where Jesus was, should report it so that they might arrest him. This is the mood after Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. All right, people are like, wow, the kingdom of God is breaking in. The kingdom of king has come. And it's exciting. So Jesus is at this point of his ministry. And all along the way, this opposition has been rising as well. And it's going to reach the breaking point at the Passover festival. John 12, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. Bethany is just on the outskirts of Jerusalem. Where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner among those reclining at the table with him. He's back. Lazarus is back, healthy, eating at the table. So this dinner is Saturday evening, which is the beginning of Palm Sunday. Evan Cooley is going to give us a journey into Palm Sunday next Sunday, which is Palm Sunday. Uh, but this is Saturday evening. All right, so this dinner's happening, and then something happens. Verse 3, then Mary, this is Lazarus' sister, took about a pint of pure nard, which is an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet. So real quick, they're reclining around the table, okay? They didn't sit in chairs like you guys are sitting in chairs right now. They leaned forward. It's a low-lying table. Their feet were away from the table. All right, so they're around this table. Mary comes. She pours out this expensive perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house that they were in was filled. John remembers this. The house was filled with the smell, the fragrance of this perfume. Now, this perfume, this nard, is, is from India. It's, it's exotic. It, it's expensive. It's worth about a year's wages. So average wage in the U.S., I looked it up, it's maybe 50000 um, This year with inflation, hopefully it's a little higher, but 50000 bucks. So get that. She breaks this bottle of perfume, pours it out on Jesus' feet. In one moment, 50000 bucks. our day's dollar. Okay, she's washing the feet of a guest. That's the job of what in that day? A servant. She's taking the role of a servant. And what's she using to wipe his feet, to clean his feet? Her hair. This is a very, very extravagant display of Mary's love for Jesus, her devotion to Jesus. She is honoring Jesus as someone who is very great. Right? Mary knows. Mary, Mary was there when Jesus called into the tomb and Lazarus, her brother, came out. She knows who Jesus is. She knows whose feet she is wiping. This is the eternal word of God in the flesh with us. She is honoring him in the way that we should all honor God. 
highly revered. Let's fill in this, this point. There's a fill in in your bulletin. This is where we're going today. This is an extravagant display of Mary's love, service, and devotion to Jesus. She is honoring Jesus above all other things, right? She doesn't just pour a little bit of this expensive stuff. That's probably me, like, ah, get it. You know, I'll save a little bit. No, she pours it all out on his feet. She's not held back by what others are saying or thinking. It's a bit scandalous what she's doing. You're supposed to keep your hair up in mixed settings. She lets it down, and she's wiping his feet with her hair. She honors Jesus freely, publicly, without restraint. It reveals her love for God, her love for Jesus. It's beautiful. It's, it's an act of worship. And it stood out so much to John, he, he captures this for you and me. And then, as sometimes happens, you know there's a beautiful moment. That beautiful moment is interrupted. And it's interrupted by a person who wasn't honoring Jesus as Lord. Verse 4, one of his disciples in that moment, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray Jesus, objected. He didn't like this. He said, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Judas sees this. He doesn't say yes. He says, what a waste. What a waste. Mary's being wasteful here. Okay, so that's, that's Judas' opinion of the matter. What's most important is what does Jesus think? What does he think about this? Verse 7, Jesus says, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You'll always have the poor among you to serve, to help, to bless, but you will not always have me. Jesus, without knowing it, in her devotion is preparing Jesus for burial. A week from this time, Jesus is going to be in the tomb. She, she doesn't have those details, but God is using her to anoint him for his burial. Jesus I mean, Judas criticized what Mary did, but Jesus affirms it. Because here's the thing, let's not miss this. Next filling. Jesus is more valuable, way more valuable than anything in your life, anything else. Any other person, any other thing, Jesus is higher than all things. He is higher, higher, greater, more important than anything, than everything. Mary sees that, and she honors Jesus in that way. She holds him in the highest place, in the right place. She sees Jesus accurately. This challenges me. Wayne, do you see Jesus like this? Do you see him accurately? Is he in the highest place in your hierarchy of things, activities, events? Where is he in your hierarchy? It's easy to have him back up there on Sunday. Like Sunday's like, oh, yep, got, get, put him back in the place. And then during the week, you know, he kind of gets crowded out. Jesus is 
the one who belongs in the highest place. Mary honors him above all else. And then watch this. Matthew catches a detail. John didn't record it, but Matthew recorded it in this event. Jesus said, truly I tell you, to the people in that room, truly I tell you, wherever this gospel, this good news about Jesus is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. In memory of her, to honor her. You see that? Mary honored Jesus, didn't she? Highly honored him. And Jesus, God in the flesh, honored her. He's honoring her this morning, 2,000 years later. We're the good news about Jesus being preached right here and now. We are remembering that moment, that moment of devotion that Mary displayed to our Lord and Savior. That's your next villain. Jesus honored her. We, uh, we have many times and opportunities in our life, in our day, in our week to honor Jesus, to keep him in the highest place, to put him there, to please him, to do what he says is best. And uh, this morning we're going to uh, celebrate an act of devotion. Uh, it's baptism. And uh, I'm going to tell you about this. If we could get this removed while I'm talking about it. Jacob, you around? Thanks, brother. All right. We're going to do baptism today. This is an act of devotion, an act of gratitude toward the Lord, an action that honors him as Lord. And this goes back to 50 days after the Passover that we've been talking about. Uh, there's another festival, 50 days after the, the Festival of Unleavened Bread of, of Passover called the Festival of Pentecost, or weeks. So during that festival, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, this is after Jesus' death and resurrection, stood up before the crowd that was gathered there in Jerusalem and proclaimed to them the good news about Jesus, getting the message out, who he is, what he had accomplished for them, on the cross. And several thousand people in Jerusalem heard the message that Peter was proclaiming. And about 3,000 of them in that crowd heard and believed. And so they asked Peter, okay, now what do we do? And Peter said this, and God through his church is saying the same thing today. He said, repent, turn to God, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, for the cleansing of sins that he has provided through his sacrifice, and you will receive the gift, the gift from God of the Holy Spirit, God's very presence in you. This gift is for you, Peter said, for your children, and for those who are far off. And those who are far off includes us today, and also includes Aaron Lopez. Aaron, why don't you come on up? Yes. The Lord has called Aaron to himself. She heard Jesus knocking on the door of her heart, and she opened the door. And God has come in, and they are now in fellowship with each other. She's a new creation. She's received the good news. She's repented. She's believed. Um, and so we're going to mark this. Why don't you come on this side? We're going to mark this with baptism. Let me tell you a little bit about baptism. 
So baptism, the word literally means to immerse. All right? And those 3,000 that first received the good news about Jesus, where were, where were they baptized, do you think? In the mikvot. They were all around the temple. They were there. It's the perfect place. And where else are you going to baptize 3,000 people? They immersed themselves not to go to the temple, but to have God's presence come into them to receive the once-for-all cleansing that Jesus has provided for them. That's the opportunity, and that's uh, what Aaron has also received. Baptized means to go down. When, when Aaron or anybody goes down into the water, it's a picture of being cleansed by the water, cleansed by what Jesus did for us on the cross, the forgiveness of sins, the once-for-all-time forgiveness of sins, so that you can come back alive, and be alive in God. God comes into you. You are united for, to him forever. So with this in mind, I ask Erin to share with us um, why she is doing this. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, thanks so much. I'm super excited to be here. I just wanted to share a little bit of my journey. Can you hear me? Yeah, come okay. a little closer. <laughs> um, so, for really my whole life, I was a non-believer um, up until three years ago, June 2019. Um, I was definitely at a low in my life. I was confused and sad, really uncertain and fearful of the future. Um, by the grace of God, I made it through the doors of OTC, and Pastor Wayne's message was uncannily exactly what I needed to hear. Um, and looking back, I realized that uh, God had given me exactly what I needed, when I needed it, um, and not just that time, but I can count other times before that, even before I made it to OTC, where he was calling me. Um, so now, um, also, I realize, looking back, um, I think in my adult life, I just knew there was a better way to live. It just felt out of reach. I didn't know how to get to it. It felt like there was more. Um, and now that I um, follow Jesus, I feel like, now I feel like I, I truly have more peace and joy than I ever thought possible. Um, I'm truly just really excited to devote my life to following Jesus and love God. It's been an amazing journey. Um, and I'm just so grateful to some of the amazing shepherds here at OTC, Pastor Wayne, um, Sharon, and Sarah, John, um, my husband, Vicente, thank you for being along the journey with me. Um, my life has really just been transformed by following Jesus and loving God. So, awesome. yes, I was called today, and I'm so grateful for uh, Pastor Wayne and the OTC team for making it happen. Yeah. Well, that's how it works. Like, God, you, maybe you don't know it in the moment, but God is calling you. God calls people. God called people back then. He's doing it all over the world, and he called you, Aaron. So I'm going to give you an opportunity uh, to confess your faith. 
Uh, go ahead and repeat after me. I turn away from. I turn away from. A life of sin and death. A life of sin and death. And turn to. And turn to. A new life with God. A new life with God. I receive the gift. I receive the gift of Jesus' sacrifice. Of Jesus' sacrifice for my sins. For my sins. His sacrifice. His sacrifice has put me. Has put me in right standing with God. In right standing with God. And that's not a momentary thing. That is an eternal thing. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that Jesus is Lord. Risen from the dead. Risen from the dead. With us now. With us now. And Jesus is now Lord of my life. And Jesus is now Lord of my life. Amen. Amen. All right. Now a few questions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now that this is, done, this is this is new birth. This is reborn. All right. Uh, is it your aim now to love God? So here's the new direction. Here's the new path. Here's the new way. Is it your aim now to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Yes. All right. Is it your aim now to love your neighbor as yourself? Yes. Will you join in the mission that Jesus has given his church to help make disciples? Yes, I will. All right. So the congregation, brothers and sisters, will you do your part to make this a holy, good, loving community that can continue to help Aaron and others come to know him and follow him? If so, say yes. yes. All right. Father, we thank you for making us, for creating us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for dying for us, coming for us to cleanse us, to save us, to make us new. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling us with your life. Amen. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. Nice job. Come on up. Yep. How is it? Yeah, it's pretty warm. Yeah, yeah. We treat you right around here. <laughs> All right. They wanted to go in the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe afterward. Yeah. Now, the cool thing, this is bonus, everybody. Um, but today's not only the day of new birth, marking her birth, new birth, celebrating that, but it's also her birthday. <laughs> Woo! I love it. Aaron, we've heard your good confession, and it is our privilege and joy to baptize you now. So you might want to go like that. All right, go and sit back. We baptize you, Aaron, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dead to the old and alive in the new. Woo! All right, we're going we're gonna to pray for you before you get out. All right, you can stand up if you want. Okay. All right. Um, why don't you go ahead, Sarah? Yeah, you want to? Yeah, you want to pray over there? Yeah, that won't reach quite. We'll get started for you. Lord, we thank you for Aaron. We just thank you for uh, the joy of getting to share and see and witness the good work that you have done in her life, your love for her. And uh, just, God, we ask that you continue to strengthen her in you, that you would continue to fill her with your loving presence, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, uh, just your power, Lord, to help her walk this new life. We thank you for our sister, Lord. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Father, that you are the one that initiates. You're the one that pursues, and you did that with Aaron over thank all you, these years. Praise you. Thank you that we get to witness um, outwardly what is going on inwardly in her heart, Lord. Yes, Lord. Uh, I thank you for the work that you have done and are doing praise in you. her, and I just pray that it will be unmistakable moving Jesus. forward. The power that is um, that you put forth through Aaron um, to touch the lives of others, to bring you um, 
to others, your love and light to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yay. All right. <laughs> All right. It's slippery, so be careful. Oh, man. Baptisms are my favorite. Um, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. He, he sees this act of devotion. Um, these acts of obedience that Jesus calls us to take along the way, they honor him as Lord. They bring honor and attention and glory to God where it belongs. And uh, just like God honored Mary, God is going to honor our sister Aaron. Jesus is happy to honor her and bless her. And if you want that, it's for you as well. Wherever you've been, whatever you've done, God has new birth for you, cleansing for you, a new start for you, a new heart for you, life eternal with him. We thank you, Lord. We could just end it right there. But, you know, let's go a little farther here. All right, John 12, back to that. So that's happening, that event uh, at the house of uh, uh, Simon. Um, and now we're moving on to John 12. And this, we're, we're kind of dipping into Holy Week. This is a little bit uh, after, after Palm Sunday, so I'm cheating a little bit. But we're going into Holy Week. And there were some Greeks at the temple uh, who went to worship at the festival. These are, uh, these are Gentile converts to Judaism. And they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. We would like to see Jesus also. Jesus replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And that's kind of an unusual response. But Jesus is marking that point. Passover is just around the corner. He says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. To be glorified means this is the moment. The moment has come for Jesus to be honored and praised for his greatness. And what moment is Jesus talking about? When he will be glorified, the Son of God. When he will be brought to the cross. When we, he will lay down his life for you and me on the cross. It, it's strange. Jesus' glory, his goodness, his greatness is displayed most vividly on the cross. A place of humiliation. A place where slaves were executed. That is where God chose to glorify himself. How does this work? Well, God's greatness is displayed there. Arguably the the highest, the greatest ethic is love. The, the fullest expression of love is not a feeling or an emotion or thing that comes and goes, but it is self-sacrifice for the good of somebody else. And love. And God displays it first for you and me on the cross. Jesus didn't value his safety, his comfort his life more than you. He valued you more highly. You are the one he's died for. 
I'm going to skip ahead. Jesus refers to his death on this cross. And then he goes to verse 25. And he's speaking to you and me. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. God in the flesh laid down his life for you. He let go of his life for you to save you, to save billions, to to create the kingdom of God on earth. And Jesus is saying, if you love your life as it is too much, you too will lose it. You lose it. If you try to cling on to the things of this world, if you put them above God again and again, you're going to lose all those things. You'll miss out. God doesn't want you to miss out. While anyone who hates their life, that's hyperbole, but in relation to your love for God, these other things need to be placed second. If you keep putting things above Jesus, above God, you are going to lose out. You're going to lose life. You will miss it. So set things right. Verse 26, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. And my father will honor the one who serves me. Next villain, to serve and follow Jesus. To put him in the highest place, to honor him as Lord of your life, will require you to die to and let go of some other things. Lesser things. Lesser things. And, don't miss this, and those who do, next fill in, those who do will be honored by God. Isn't that wild? That just feels like bonus. Like God wants you to follow him for your own good. Like following him is best. You will come into fullness of life as you put him first. And then on top of that, he says, and God will honor you. God will honor you like he honored Mary. Now, if you have Jesus... You have the highest one. You've found the highest aim. You have located the highest good. The highest, the highest. God most high. He is the highest one. So if you're not yet in Jesus, know this. He's calling you. He is calling you this morning. He's been calling you. God is calling you to himself. He wants you to see and to realize, like Mary, like Aaron, like most of us here, a few other billions of people around the world, that Jesus is it. He's the one. You found him. Congratulations. If you haven't yet, you're close. You know his name now. Jesus is God, the highest aim, the greatest good, the only thing worthy of your devotion of your affections, of your sacrifice, of your life. If Jesus is not your Lord, aim higher. You're aiming too low. The greater has come. It's time to let go of the old and follow Jesus as Lord. Now listen, No matter who you are, you are worshiping someone or something 
you have something in the highest place. Is it God? Is it the one who is truly worthy of that highest place? If not, it's a time to repent, to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins, to receive the gift of God's powerful presence, to be made new. That's if you're not yet a worshiper of Jesus. You have questions, man. Don't put this off. You don't know where tomorrow's going to lead you. Don't put this off. Talk to somebody. Have conversation. Talk to us afterward. Get prayer. Talk to someone in the prayer group afterward. Now, if you are a worshiper, each day is to keep Jesus in that highest place, isn't it? To keep him in the top spot. That's where he belongs. To do that, here are some things we need to keep doing. Number one, die to your sin. Die to your sin. Don't put sin down at a lower list, lower on your list. Get rid of it. Cancel it. Delete it. Crucify it. Put it away. It's hindering you. It has no place in you. If you've been made new in Christ, it has no place in you. Stop dabbling in it. Stop minimizing it. Stop trying to justify it. You're only fooling yourself. You're the one that's losing. It is entangling you. It is hindering you from coming into the fullness of life that Jesus has come to give you and wants to lead you into. If you want more of God, more of his kingdom, more of his love, joy, and peace, you need to die to your sin. Stop managing it. Get rid of it. That's number one. If you want more of Jesus, if you want to keep him in the highest place, if you want to follow him. Number two, always put Jesus first. Now, I'm, what I'm talking about here is, again, some of those things on your list, they're good things. Love for others, serving the poor, uh, lots of good things that God has blessed you with and are part of your life. Don't forget to keep Jesus number one. When you keep Jesus number one, these other things are kept in order. And God can infuse those other things with his life, with his goodness. These things become better when they are kept in their proper place. Sexuality, your job, vocation, relationships, your media use, whatever you do. When you keep it in its proper place, God breathes life into it. You put it up here, it's not meant to sustain your worship. It's not meant to be in that place. It will fail you. You'll be disappointed. Keep Jesus, number one. Keep him first. And then number three, this is verse 26 again. I'm going to read this again. Jesus said, whoever serves me, whoever serves me must follow me. You want to serve the Lord. If you want to keep him the highest place, you must follow him. Do the things that he calls you to do. And then listen to this. And where I am, my servant also will be. That keeps you in close fellowship with God. My father will honor the one who serves me. He, he will honor for him and his kingdom. You have a role. God's kingdom is a family business. He wants you part of it. Say yes. Be where he is. Follow him. And he will honor you. Let's stand and pray and thank the one who has come for us.
Lord Jesus, we ask that you would open our eyes like you opened the eyes of Mary to see you clearly, to know you are Lord, to know you are the highest one, the greatest one. To you alone belongs glory and honor and praise, our heart, our affection, our sacrifice, our service. Lord, help us put you back in top spot or get you there for the first time, Lord God. Just help us this week. Help us see the things that are in the way of that, are hindering us from the fullness of life that you have for us. Help us put everything else, even those good gifts that you've given us, help us keep them in the right place, Lord God. And Jesus, we look forward to the day where every knee will bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. The glory, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you need help processing that, uh, you want some prayer, you need some help with that, some of his strength to do some of the things he's calling you to do today, come on up. Prayer team's here. We're happy to pray for you.